You are listening to the Bring Joy Forward podcast, conversations to explore, heal, and grow. You can find us on bringjoyforward.com and join us in our community group on Facebook. We now take you to the episode. Thank you for joining us. Hi, I am Shannon uh, with Imagine F Media, and I'm joined by Marlisa McLaughlin from Marlisa Energy. And we are both uh, guides here at Bring Joy Forward. We wanted to have a conversation today about something that is often not talked about um, and hidden away, or uh, it's just, you know, a subject that not everybody likes. Um, But for those of us who are going through it, it is our life. Um, And so we're here to talk to you about grief. And um, my grief journey started when I was very young, I was about 10 years old, and um, started with a, a paternal and a maternal grandparent. Um, and then about five years ago, my son Zach uh, died of an overdose at the age of 22 and brought grief into harsh reality for me. And so I've spent the last five years uh, learning how to walk with that. And I use the term walk with grief because that's that's what I'm doing every day, every moment. Uh, and so it's it's how to actively do that walking towards joy, which is what we're all about here at Bring Joy Forward. So um, Marlisa, if you want to share a little bit about your story to start us out. Sure. Hi, I'm Marlisa. And my my journey with grief and experiences with loss started quite young. Uh, my mom was diagnosed with terminal illness when I was five. And just before I turned seven, she passed. And um, it was an interesting time because it was the 70s and my mother didn't want her daughters to see her declining uh, and she didn't want to put us through. It was that that was the mentality at the time of that that period where you don't bring the children into the reality. And and as a result, I wasn't really walked through that whole process. And then very soon after we had tragedy very close to us for the next 11 years, we had uh, a neighbor who was seven, uh, the age of my sister at the time, her best friend and her dad had a terrible boating accident. And then we had more boating accidents with relatives and a lot of abrupt loss. I, I used to go to sleep at night praying and begging to please don't take the rest of us who were here. So I grew up hmm with that in a culture that didn't want to talk about grief. Like my own grandmother who had lost her mother at the age of three, never wanted to show tears. She tried to be strong for us. Um, And as a result, it really pushed uh, the reality and the acceptance of loss into uh, a hidden place. And I began to use those experiences to help others as I began to move closer into teenage years and experience more loss, quite close loss, and began to develop uh, an understanding that I had survived all of that suffering and was able to begin to adapt in ways that I could help others. So just recently in 2018, my father was diagnosed with the same terminal illness as my mother had died from, and I didn't know how I wanted to spend those remaining months. He was given three months to live. And I chose to try to write a book because he always supported me in trying to write a book and I hadn't published 
So I was hoping I could put anything together on paper so he could pass, feeling fulfilled in his support as a father to a daughter. And when I found a writing coach, I had this half-finished creative nonfiction novel started, and I thought that was going to be it. And she said, no, I don't do those things. I only help people who have who work in wellness and want to try to promote their business and under, get people to understand what they're doing. And being an energy worker and a, a, a healer and a sound practitioner, she said, well, what, what's your, what do you specialize in? And I said, well, I do a lot of different things, but I have a lot of experience with grief. And she said, well, why don't you write about <laughs> grief? Like you're going through it right now. And it took me three years. I yet to finish publishing but what I learned through the process of trying to write that and reach people from all different levels of grief was something that I developed uh, a perspective on, which is vibrant breathing, which is very akin to what Shanna was talking about, that you you're live and walk with the experience integrated. It's not a start and end process. And one of the things that we can't do is not feel the pain, right? Well, we can find ways to numb it down, but we feel it at some level. So what we need to do is figure out ways to shift and move and integrate the loss so that we can live with it and not ruin our health. Hence the title vibrant grieving to keep the energy vibrant in the body. And that's where we're at today. And Shannon and I always end up having very rich and deep and meaningful <laughs> conversations, not just about grief, about everything, but in particular, we're hoping we can bring to you ways to um, not just survive the loss, but to live and walk with it in a way that makes your vibrancy more vibrant, even though you can still honor and feel. Absolutely. Yeah. And you touched on so many things in there that um, kind of why we're together, you know, 2018 is, is um, when my world exploded and, you know, so our, the two of us coming into this space so often and and I, we've had these conversations um multiple times through the years both as supportive friends and you know as as talking about things that have gone on around us or something that we've seen happen in the world and it's often about that um conversation of healing and open conversation there's mm. uh, a lot that comes at you as a person that's grieving and going through um, you know, something that is on every level, just unexplainable, right? Um, because grief is one of those things that is so strange of an animal. It comes at you in so many different directions and ways. And, you know, I, right now I'm talking about it with clarity and, and, and no tears, right? But in three minutes, that could change because of some emotion that runs through your body and some memory and some place that you go, right? And it all depends on all of these external aspects that are coming at you. Um, you touched a little bit about your, you know, your upbringing and how that uh, affected your grieving process. So my uh, space in that, we talked very openly, but my family is, is, um, uses humor for a lot of things. And, you know, to grief is no exception to that. And, and, after my Vavu died, who, um, so that's grandfather in, in Portuguese, for those of you following along, um, when, when he died, there was this process afterwards where my Vavu 
wasn't really sure how to handle all of that. And so she, she would, it was like a running joke in our family where we, she would always like be like, okay, this is yours. You you know, you're going to get this when I die. And so we talked about death all the time, but it was not in a healing way. Um, it was just, you know, conversations and, and it was, it got to be so much so that, you know, cause we all would get, would gather as a family and, and, and exchange gifts and, you know, the whole extended family. And so one year, my dad actually, uh, gave her a basketball for Christmas, like just <laughs> as a, you know, as a joke, which of course everybody, um, found amusing and we you know talked very openly about why that basketball was a gift you know and and well I'm gonna might as well give you things that I want when you die right but you know so (laughs) so so I have always been able to talk about it um but I hadn't looked at it in terms of healing um until I was thrown into it um and so for me I did a lot of things for myself to be able to survive for because at the beginning for me it was survival it was strictly how do i get through every second of every single day and so it was that constant uh attempt to keep going which was the term that kept coming to me um and for me somehow right at the beginning um that keep going mentality was just driving everything that I was doing Um, so much so that even, you know, the, the, after collapsing on the, on the front steps of hearing the news um, you know, I was making jokes with the police officers and I was very much coming from Zach, you know uh, he was like me in a lot of ways and the jokester. And, you know, so we would, um, use use uh, uh laughter and you know as a term and i was doing that that day um and as you know my processing went on and i learned more how to tap into what i was doing for me that's when the kind of change happened for me in terms of using i use art and play and in, in a lot of my healing processes and that became because that's that's what worked so well for me and so i brought that in with my you know personal coaching and 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 it became a necessity, I guess, more so for me to be able to help those that are not able to see past that because there were so many things that I was able to do in order to be able to, to, and I was a mess for a very long time. Um, but I was working through that and it's that act of working through, I think, where you and I connected so deeply on that because we were constantly doing that. That never stops where I was mm-hmm. having those open conversations. Um, and so that's what we're kind of hoping to bring to you with this podcast that we're doing is to access all of those things and those tools and tips and things that have helped us along the way, but also to have those real conversations that that often get hidden because of um, you know, concerns about how society is going to look at something or um, for me, a lot of that happened in the grieving process where people don't know how to handle it when it happens and how to address it when you tell them. And I've always been a person who speaks very openly and very bold and that did not change, but I did experience a things that I had never experienced before in terms of me withdrawing from society. And I think that 
also is a contributing factor to why this is so important for me to have these conversations, because there are people out there who need that extra help in walking through this. Like we, we're going through it together. We're individually, you are alone in it. There's no question, but having that community space and the ability to find what's working for other people in different ways to, to do that. I think that's a big part of what we're trying to do here. Oh, and validation is one, two, and yeah. three, the most important thing, because we all grieve as different as our thumbprint, you know, like it's a very unique, yeah. it's networks and networks of life experience that are layered, like, you know, the web of our existence really. And our, you know, our biology travels differently for different reasons and all of these factors. And it, it just really is so sad to, to, come across this and I do so often in the grief support that I do find that people feel um, like there's a right way to do it. And if they're not doing it correctly. And so, so then again, like you said, Shannon, it's so isolating and grief and loss is isolating in and of itself. And then yeah. to not be able to have that validation that what you're feeling, which nobody can, there's not a judgment. There's no right or wrong way. It doesn't even have a space. Um, for not being validated, but it is. And I think a lot of it is fear. People are afraid. And that isolates the griever even more. So we are here for you. We hear you. And, and, and we want you to be seen and felt and heard no matter what's going on. And we want to be able to offer anything, even if it's saying nothing and just listening. So yeah, that, it is so important. That aspect of you know when you're when you're grieving it's a process never stops and grief isn't just about people right it's it's things mm -hmm. too um my because of the you know my situation um i get so many people who are in a state of grieving who almost feel like they have to compare. And these are even close people in my life where they'll say, well, I know it doesn't compare to what you're feeling. And I'm constantly saying, it doesn't negate what you're feeling. There, if this isn't a competition, but we're so trained to think that, you know, there are stages and levels and, um, you know, yours is better than this and mine is more difficult than that. And part of my hope is that we can, we can start to throw all of that away and strip it aside and just be there for each other and be a little bit more compassionate, have a little bit more empathy. Um, I know I was lucky enough that I didn't have to just jump right back into a workforce, but I, I have, you know, people in my life who were not that lucky. They had to go back and function in society. And even today, five years later, I, I'm, quote, functioning in society. But there are times when I'm just like, nope, today's not the day. And that's a big hope for me, too, is that we can help people to honor that and to have support in that, to give and receive support in that. Um, and, and it's not a competition. I often say that, um, you know, loss and grief is love with no place to go. And the level of love, you know, that's why are we comparing that, 
right? It's, it's, that's that emotion inside you that is so profound and so beautiful and so pure. And that love can be for a person and it can be for an object. It can be for a thing that you're doing. So you're losing that. So if you change jobs or you get a divorce or you move to a different place, you know, there's all of these different things that are various degrees. Um, but they're for you, they're everything. And we need to honor that. We need to honor that space, at, you know, and allow for it. I, I, um, also have, have this need, I think internally to, um, educate, I guess a little bit for lack of a better term, because I, you know, I'm not really thrilled with, you know, going around and, and, and being the educator on the things, you know, like, like my, my opinion and my views are, you know, not, not any different or better than anybody else's, but I feel like there's this part of what we're doing. Like there's this responsibility that comes with it. Um, and it's for a lot of the small things because people are people and they don't always act and behave in a manner that's really supportive or appropriate. Um, and, you know, especially with the state of the world and, you know, you get the keyboard warriors that are on there and they're just saying whatever they want to say. And that doesn't change because it's grief. You still have those things that happen. And so, you know, you, that I think contributes to that isolation where mm -hmm. you're, you're going through this, this horrible thing. And then you have people that are like making them, making it about them because they're curious about what happened or they can't, they can't deal with their own idea of death or what possibly coming or what could happen to them so that it, it, it just becomes about them. And I think we have to be more um, aware of that and how we, how we do that, you know, in the world with each other and have that compassion in there. That's a top key word, compassion. And you just spoke to so many different things. And I also wanted to add, you know, there are the losses that are not just the physical or um, like moving and um, new friendships, ends of relationships, but even ideologies, because I, I was remembering that very first Christmas after my mother died, and it was before all the other deaths. And I realized that there was no Santa Claus and I can't express the feeling I had. I can still remember what it was like when I used to think I saw Santa outside crossing our picture window, you know, looking out the living room window and that place across the sky. And I knew when I was looking there that it was empty and that it wasn't going to have that belief system anymore. And that was just as heavy as the loss mm -hmm. of my mother. It was actually amplified by the loss of my mother, that loss. Uh, you can yeah. lose a limb. You can lose, you know, there are so many different things. Like you said, we're grieving every day, all day long about something. We're, we lose the breath as, as we exhale it. So there's, it's, it's a constant ability to rejuvenate and replenish as we give away, we take back. And, um, and that gets very grossly interrupted when we have this yeah. type of suffering with a personal relationship that is incomprehensible until you experience that. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. Well, and, and, um, you know, you, you talked about, you know, Santa and that ideology, right? Because it's, it's hope. Yes, there and, you go. It's, yeah. And so it's that, it's that 
piece of you that needs something to hold on to. And then you start to question everything. It just, you know, it's this expansion of you going through and everything that happened before. I always use the before and after analogy because it, for me, that's a very distinct line, right? I had experienced grief and pain and suffering, but for me, it was on a, it was on a different level, you know? And so um, in my before, I had things that didn't come with me into my after, and then there were things that I, I just questioned and, you know, and then I was also opened up even further. You know, I was connected spiritually, but for me, that was just, you know, just this explosion um, and this rawness, which I, I think the biggest thing in grief is it's, it's so raw and that's what makes everything so much more difficult. Like even for me now, five years later, I'm walking around in the world and I, I have a very different interaction with the world. I'm more sensitized to it. Uh, there are things that I can and cannot do anymore because of the way that I, it interacts energetically with yeah. me, um, which is another thing that we're really trying to, you know, I think add to the discussion, which is that it, the energy that flows in and around us and is innate, <laughs> Grief is not excluded from how that reaction happens. Um, and, you know, that there's this whole energy to life and death, right? And and so, like, part of the healing is also understanding energy and how that works and how it works in your body and um, ways that you can learn more about it and experience it so that you are healthier as you're grieving and as you're going through, um, you know, that, that difficulty in, I think change, it's like the ultimate change, right? Um, you, you can never, never like, and I, for me, like I was a person who never used never in my vocabulary. And so then never came. And now I'm going through life having to figure out how to do things with that, all of these things never. And that's that extended grief as well, right? Because we're all of the times that come in, like, you know, my daughter just had the most absolutely beautiful wedding, you know, her, her and her wife, gorgeous and, and um, this beautiful celebration of love. Um, see, here's bubbling up. And what, one of my most, one of my favorite moments from that experience is a group of us during a um, song that was to honor Zach and we're from all different families you know her my her dad um, and I uh, got divorced and you know so there's there's extended, you know, and stepsisters and, and, um, you know, I had remarried and my stepdaughter was there and like, we're, we're, we're just standing in this space of love, all of these different connections, honoring this life that, um, you know, that the spiritual being brought into our, into our lives. Um, and so that loss of, you know, that's a never, He's not going to see, he's not going to be there for that. So that's her grief, my daughter's grief, my grief, you know, everybody that's standing in their space, we're all different and we're all experiencing that in a different way. Um, 
and we all need to honor it in a different way, you know? So, so that for me was such a beautiful moment because we all came together in that same space and grieved the same way, you know, um, and honored the same way and saw each other. Um, and so that aspect of, um, each additional grieving, each additional point of grieving that you have to do. Um, but in society, we don't allow that. You know, it's what what is it, three days? The standard bereavement for work? Three days, that's it. That's what you're allowed. And then you have to put on your big boy pants and go out into the world or whatever. You know, that's the mentality that's been spewed at us really for, you know, generations and generations. And, and this is part of my goal to break that. And let's look at it differently and just have that empathy and compassion as we walk through it together. Mm, definitely. And um, when you were talking about being an educator to offer this and in replacement or alongside that is that what we're hoping to do is shift your perspectives so that you can have a perspective that's organically coming from your own experiences the lens that you can now see and feel both inside and out that can shift the way you interact with the world and engage so that you can have those types of beautiful experiences with other people or just alone out in nature and really just being able to feel a sense of ease and still feel alive and still feel your loss because grieving is also sacred. And I don't think that word comes enough into dialogue about the experience of how as painful as it is, it is an opportunity to step right up to the door of your own mortality and really understand beyond words how precious life truly is. You know? I love so, that. Uh, I love that. That say, I couldn't agree with you more on that. Um, I love the term sacred and sacred journey, you know, just kind of popped in my head as well. And um, that pause, right? And it's a pause, isn't it, folks? I mean, it's, you yeah. can't get off the couch. You can't, sometimes yeah. you can't take a breath. You have to push the breath through your body. I mean, there's, yeah, it is the heftiest of hefties. Um, yeah. But coming back to the energy, which is really where I landed in how to best integrate the experience of loss where it's not actually a process it's a constant state of integrating is looking at it from an energy standpoint and so i'll be hopefully being able to help you with understanding what that means and shannon as well like how do you move this energy because essentially what i yeah. what i've gathered shannon is that when i was trying to define pain and i did extensive research what it really is, is blocked energy, right? Like if you're not hurting in your arm, mm -hmm. you don't feel any pain. The energy's flowing. But if you get wounded or there's a block there somehow, your body is, it's blocking to give the attention to the cause. When you unblock yeah. it, it goes away. So that's also yeah. true for emotional instances. Oh, yeah. We, we just want to keep the energy flowing. And, yeah. and it also then it takes that emotional aspect, all the stories and the memories and the stuff that just rips and tears at you when you're reliving that, breaking it down when you need that chance to take the pause to pure energetic terms. Like I just need to take a breath, shift this biochemistry. It's really a matter of shifting your biochemistry. Yeah. And breaking it scientifically down so it 
it kind of dries out the emotions just for a long enough period so you can live again in that next moment. Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. I mean, I, I always say that, you know, I was underwater just trying to break to the surface. So that dries out emotions like that's such a um, a good connection in my brain anyway for that. Um, you know, you're just you're just scrambling uh, to get up there. And in terms of the physical aspect and how that, you know, you're talking about blockages and everything. Um, I still physically feel it in my heart. It is not as severe as it was you know, that for, it was a problem, it was probably almost three years where I was holding that breath, you know, um, and it, it took a, a, a energetic release. Um, it, it took some, you know, some chakra balancing and, you know, some actual intentional energetic release to start tapping the, you know, the hammer on the exterior stone of the heart, because that's exactly what it felt like for me. Like it was a constant ache and pain so much so that I actually spoke to my doctor about it because I thought I was having a heart attack, you know, well, they do. Uh, because People it was do. consistent. People oh yeah. Do. My physician yeah, told me that, that on average, you know, you, you lose 10 years of your life when you experience that amount because of, of what it's doing. And I think that also contributed to me making even more of an effort to how do I, how do I work with this? How do I, how do I not be that statistic where I'm going to lose 10 years? Um, how do I live with abundance? How do I go for that when I'm living with such a deficit? And for and me, that's, not feeling guilty for living. That's, oh, that's essential. A whole, that's, right? that's another, we'll, we'll touch on that in another podcast. That's, a, that's like five podcasts. <laughs> that's a series. That's a series of podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's it. And I think, you know, cause we're, um, we're wanting to try to keep these podcasts around, you know, 30 minutes in length. So we're going to, we're going to start to, to wrap this one up, but, um, I want to, I want to touch on this a little bit in terms of, um, you know, that, that physical pain that you're feeling and that actually making an effort, you know, like I, uh, I said, you're, you're, you have to be intentional about taking that walk and allowing yourself. I always say to walk towards the opportunity for joy. That's how I term it. That's because beautiful. when, when you're in that state of just absolute devastation, there is no concept of joy. Joy doesn't exist you are just trying not to drown, right? So mm -hmm. if you can just every, every day keep walking towards that opportunity for joy and intentionally putting yourself in those situations for it, for me, I would go to the ocean because the ocean is a is a space for me that I really connect to, but also um, I could see the island where my son took his last breath. I would walk, I would walk the beach. I would connect to the earth and I would look across and I would have those conversations, um, um, you know, with him. And those are things that I still, that I still do, um, you know, but that was an active intent and very much an effort to get out of the bed and to go, you know, to go do those things. Um, and I think, that's what I'm hoping I can do for people is, is give them that space to start stepping towards um, allowing themselves, you know, to, 
to walk towards those opportunities for joy. And uh, that's what I hope to do with my book too, which is more of a memoir about my experience with a little bit of a inspire and empowerment aspect to it to, you know, give them the raw openness of what happened and how I talked about it. And, and then also um, ways to walk towards those opportunities, I guess. That's so beautiful, Shannon. And I've, I've read your Thank work. You. It's actually what re-inspired me when I couldn't figure out how to put everything that I figured out together so that it could make sense for you, whether you've just recently lost someone or if you've been grieving or not grieving, but suppressing grief for 10 or 15 years. Yeah. That's a really hard audience. How do you speak to those different levels? And your work, Shannon, was very powerful. Oh, um, thank you. Oh, gosh. I, and I, you know, I just wanted to add, uh, Takasubo cardiomyopathy is actually the medical term for a heart attack that's broken heart syndrome. So you actually have the physiological um, medical records of having had a heart attack, only it wasn't yeah. an actual heart attack. So it's a real yeah. thing. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. So, and, and another thing, remember, is in, the, in Chinese medicine, the um, lungs are affected by grief. And, yeah. you know, think about it. Your rib cage is closing because your heart is heavy and you, you can't mm -hmm. open and breathe. I, um, after my dad died, I had, I just so happened to have a doctor's appointment for a physical, an annual physical. And I felt really well. I had really, um, been at peace with the situation with my dad and I had been very present with it. And I didn't feel as though I had suppressed anything. And my doctor's like, guess what? You have pneumonia. And I said, pneumonia, I wasn't hacking or coughing or anything, but my lungs just, bam, they instantly yep. got affected by the loss. So if, if yeah. you are experiencing physical symptoms, even if it's years down the road, it could stem back to grief. It's yeah, real, absolutely. It's and, and there is no timetable in all no of time this. No timetable. No. You're constantly kicking that back up and, you know, and that's why it's an, it's an active work. You know, you have to continuously go back and it doesn't mean that you're living in there. And I think, um, and, and maybe we'll end it with this, this concept and talk more about this the next time. But, um, I think that was a, a struggle for me in the grieving aspect of it. There, there is a, a whole community of grievers who they just want to grieve this is like so that scary. they want to they want to live in that state of grieving. Like that is how they are in their mind honoring and processing. But in my opinion, that's not what's happening. They're, they're not processing. They're not grieving. They're not honoring. They're not walking towards. They can't get past that initial just shutdown of your entire being that happens with this grief. And then that fear type jumps in and that inability to walk away from that thing or person that is causing that grief and holding onto it with everything you have. And that again is an active thing that you have to do. I mean, I, I carry, I moved from uh, one part of the country to another part of the country and there was, uh, my car was completely packed with things that I did not trust to a moving company I needed to have it in my possession because I couldn't let go of it. Um, and, and there are still things and I will do that. I'm sure until I take my last breath, but I actively release more and more and more 
because it's you're having you have to come to terms with it yourself, right? It has to be something that you do yourself. But if you're not actively working on it, you're never going to get there. If you're actively approaching grief as that's the thing that you're that's important to you, that's where you're going to stay. You're going to stay in that constant state of grieving what instead of walking with grief. And I think that's a big difference. Well, I mean, I really would like to kind of help out with, with the languaging of that to see if it's, because that could be a very triggering thing. And for those people yes. who are, I would yes. not want to say that they're not grieving. It's chronic right. grief, which is, a, a, again, a biochemical place of re- patterning like just recycling that emotion and it has a lot to do with not wanting to let go they're afraid that if they let go of that feeling which they're somehow stuck in for many different reasons they're going to let go of the their loved one and not continue to honor and and that's scary and frightening and it's painful so there's so much to chronic grieving and yes. it, it and, and i agree with you shannon we have to um, help one another recognize when it's necessary to get completely incapacitated sometimes, right? But if it's mm -hmm. beyond what's healthy for you, and it's going to have long term detrimental effects, and you become more and more isolated, we hope we're going to be able to help you find those ways to pull yeah. out of that chronic state and begin to walk with your losses. Yes, absolutely. And, and if you haven't picked it up already, just by this um, first podcast, Marlisa is going to be the one that is going to give you the specific technical terms, because she is a wealth of knowledge. Um, and she has all of those things tapped in her brain. Um, and I always have to look them up, no matter how many times I, I know them, them and learn them. <laughs> and yeah, it's always so. Um, so yes, and and I love that we're gonna, you know, we balance each other out, which is what mm. we do in the world, right? We we all balance each other out, and um, I just want to clarify too, is that everything that that I'm going to say in any part of my life is coming from a place of love, and that includes helping people see where there is more opportunities for them to take those those steps um and also to not apologize when you are curled up in a ball and you've got nothing and you can't do anything else the, and and if that happens over and over and over again you don't apologize you don't apologize for grief in any mm -hmm. capacity it's you ever. just ever you just don't. ever ever yeah can i give you a high five like this can you do a high five know, can we you got to go to the edge of your camera. We go this way. We got to go this way. I'm in reverse. My camera. One, two, we go. Maybe two hands work better. And high five to you. Right. Right. Exactly. Thank you yeah. for joining. I really yeah. appreciated this for so many reasons. It's, yes. It feels good to be able to be of service. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And and if there's things that you would like us to discuss. Uh, mm. please reach out, let us know. Um, bringjoyforward.com is where you'll find, you know, everything. Uh, we're also on Facebook as well and YouTube and all the podcast places and everything else. We are uh, working professionals trying to do life as humans. 
with a spiritual connection. And so bear with us as if we don't find you right away or see your comments right away, but <laughs> feel, feel free to, uh, to share what works for you. We love comments and likes on all the places as well, because that helps us to reach more. Um, but we just appreciate all of you being here and, mm -hmm. and walking, walking this journey with us. We appreciate you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. You have been listening to the Bring Joy Forward podcast. Conversations to explore, heal, and grow. You can find us at bringjoyforward.com, and we'd love to have you join us in our community Facebook group. Thank you for listening.